Hello and welcome back to Onto the Ball. I'm your host, Scott Nicholl. I'm joined, as always, by James O'B. O'Brien and Travis Morgan. Um, it's midweek. Liverpool were pumped by an energetic Brentford, a young Brentford, an electric Brentford. Liverpool looked, as Jamie Carragher said, like they've aged. This is an aging team. It's an aging squad. I'm down in the dumps. Obi's down in the dumps. Travis is positively glowing. <laughs> and every week in defeat that goes past, I rue the day that we didn't start this podcast three years ago when Liverpool were champions of England, champions of Europe, champions of the world. Travis didn't want it then. He's finally <laughs> he's finally succumbed and we've started the, the channel four months ago now. It coincides with Liverpool being nowhere near the levels where two, three years ago. Before we get into it, if you're new to the channel, don't forget to like and subscribe. It really helps us out a lot. It gives us the, the drive to make more of these videos and hopefully give you the kind of content you want to watch. Obi's flying the colours over his right shoulder, just like me and Trav do. So I'm pretty sure you know who's Liverpool and who's Man United. Obi, sometimes we'll disagree in the group chats. Sometimes. Not all the time. We agree on quite a lot. Yeah. I've got a feeling that we will not disagree that Liverpool are done. We're done. We are done. If we do not make a major, major investment, I'm not saying I need it in January because this season's pretty much done, although I would like top four, definitely in the summer. And if that investment doesn't come, if I was Jurgen Klopp, I'd walk. I would walk. We cannot go into another season with James Milner, Jordan Henderson, Thiago, uh, Fabinho, who'll be nearly 30. We cannot go into another season with a midfield where we've only signed one midfielder in the last four and a half years. Disagree with me or back me up. What is going on? Wow. Um, where do we even start? So it, it is partially or heavily a midfield issue, but it's deeper than that. I think there's a lack of continuity in the whole team. I think there's too many players out of form. I think that you are right to say that we need to do something quickly. And I actually disagree slightly in as much as we can't wait for the summer. We need this window. We need to purchase one top quality midfielder with legs right now. Um, I think we were shown up by uh, a Brentford team that don't play about with the ball. They just pumped it into quick players, into they were winning second balls when the ball was coming back out. And it kind of showed us up for where we are. Um, we used to win second balls. We used to pressure teams. We used to run and run and run. And it was like, used to talk about it like it was we're putting teams in a tumble dryer, Scott. Yeah, the Anfield tumble wow. dryer. Where is that yeah. gone? I think that tumble dry needs to be thrown out, mate, because it ain't been working for a little while. And I think it you can't just put it down to the midfield. Um, I think midfield's a big part of it. I do think that the back four are not functioning right. Um, I think that the changes he's made with Simicast, Simicast is a downgrade for Robertson. Oh, massive, as much massive. as I, I want him to be as a great player and I think he's possibly got a bit of potential go, um, move into the future. He's not as good as Robertson. We saw that. He got found out think, a little bit Monday night, didn't he? And I hate he did, to say he it, did. but... He did. He did. He did. And, it, and, and that's it. So he either goes away, works on his game, 
and comes back better or he just continues to be a backup who will come on in cup games or, or if Robertson's injured and we hope we can get by. Um, I suppose it's where he wants to be with his career, really. Um, Van Dyke, <laughs> and I know he went off and it was allegedly an injury, but he was appalling. Now, if yeah. he was carrying that injury for the half, I can understand it more. But I talked to you boys this morning on the group chat, and for me, positionally, he's not right. And that's the difference between Van Dyke and Canate and Matip, who gets his position right. We looked a better team when Matip was on the pitch. And that's because he intercepts the ball. He reads the game. I think that Van Dyke's dropped off. And it, oh, that, massive, I hate massive. saying it. I hate saying it because it annoys, annoys me big time. But he's dropped off, Scott. So it's not just the midfield, but the midfield's a massive part of it. It's the engine room. And I know we keep going on about it and I'll talk about it forever more. But letting Genie go was a massive mistake. You think about the timing of when he went. And what happened afterwards, sometimes there's a glue in your team. Sometimes there's a water carrier. Sometimes there's a player who will bind the team, cover the position, do the dirty work, I calm him, the game down. I, I called him the ball recycler in my group chat with Trav today. He, he really was. He just win it in areas, recycle it, get the front three on, on the front foot, basically loading the bullets. Um, Trav... Obviously, I want to bring you in, okay? You've had loads to say in the last 48 hours. Some of it in jest, of course. But obviously, listen, the whole point of this podcast is to have the banter, have the rivalry. So don't hold back. Um, In the last five years, you obviously said that our midfield was it needed strengthening. And I always said Mm -hmm. it was our greatest asset. Are you maybe seeing it now that it really was our greatest asset when you had... Ginny Wijnaldum, Henderson at 28, 29 in their peak years that allowed the front three to flourish now. And mm. You can see now, if the front three isn't doing anything now, we're dead. Nunes isn't scoring, we're dead. Salah isn't scoring, we're dead. We ain't got Jota, we ain't got Diaz, we're dead. Basically, it's all on the front players now. We've got nothing from midfield, no goals, no drive. Henderson not playing Monday was a, it was a massive loss. Harvey Elliott has taken some pelters in the last two days from the uh, Liverpool groups that I've been on, and I feel sorry for him because he's only like nineteen twenty. He shouldn't, mm. he, to me, he shouldn't even be in a position where he's taking these pelters. He should still be getting ten games a season, getting blooded in, growing into a man to be able to have cope with the rigors of the Premier League. Yeah. Do you see what I mean uh, now? No, no, without a doubt, I do. And I know I've bantered a lot and, and I hammer in the group chats and all that. And it's a bit of fun, and it is. And it is fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, don't get me wrong, I'm loving it. Don't get me wrong, I'm absolutely <laughs> loving it. The, the slow demise of Liverpool, it brings joy to me. But no, on a serious note, the way I look at it is, is when if you look at the period of like Liverpool's success and even going back to sort of Brendan Rodgers when you sort of had Coutinho, who, who was an excellent player for Liverpool. But the, the, the way Liverpool had their successes, when I used to call your midfield dead in the group chats, what I meant by that was from, from an individual basis, it wasn't easy on the eye. When you compare it to other individual midfielders at the other top clubs, like your, your Man City's and your Real Madrid, player for player on an individual basis, I wouldn't have put your players in that sort of ilk in terms of that individual level. But how it functioned as a team certainly was the best. 
But in terms of the roles that you gave those players, that's why when I hear Liverpool linked to different midfielders now, I don't know if it necessarily fits the clock model all the time. And I think it's quite easy to sort of veer away from that. You know, do you know when things aren't happening for you on the pitch and all these names get banded about in the media and stuff? The biggest example I can give is Odegaard, because I know you're sort of in love with Odegaard as a player and what he does for Arsenal, which is a fantastic player. But like, if I think of Odegaard in Liverpool's team, when you were most successful, do I think he could do the Wijnaldum or the Henderson role in their peak? I don't think he I don't think he's that type of player. So it's like what what I'm trying to say is do Liverpool sort of change the way that they play where they have two sort of not sitters but two midfielders that sort of do the dirty work and they have that one Coutinho type player who is the Odegaard you're talking about? Or do you have the model that where you had the most success where you would say Wijnaldum and Henderson were sort of two similar box-to-boxes. They, they did everything. Do you know what I mean? Fabinho Sack, Hendo and Wijnaldum just did everything. They were just all action everywhere, pressing. I don't see Odegaard as that type of player, for example. And I don't want to talk about Odegaard. But I just think Klopp needs to go back to that model. It, in terms of his future recruitment, he needs two players. If it's going to be Fabinho that sits, he needs two players alongside it that can do everything. And it's simple. Hendo, like you said, just hasn't got the legs to do that anymore. And the other person that's deciding at the moment is Thiago. And you know how much I rate Thiago. But just the balance just doesn't seem right at the moment. And like you said, it's a few things. Firmino normally set that press from the front. He was the one that triggered it. You had Mane who used to buy into that as well. You're not getting that from about four or five players. And it's no wonder half the team aren't doing what you were doing when you were most successful. So there's going to be a breakdown. OB. OB is nearly rocking there. All he's missing is the white straight jacket. So uh, I'm going to I'm gonna tee it up for you now, OB. What Trav's saying, and you get it right, obviously the Klopp model when we were successful, is the Klopp model broke. Like uh, Jamie Carragher said, It's this just isn't a Klopp team anymore. I was I was reflecting today on, on on where we are exactly, and I was thinking about comparisons to a few seasons ago. So, um, just before COVID and the season where we were running into the title, we I went and watched the game, and we beat Sheffield United two 0 And I actually went and watched the game, and it was the first time we hit. I think we were over a thousand passes in the game. It was some ridiculous stat. Now, Sheffield United at the time were having a good season. They're in the first season in the Premier League. I think they were pushing. Six, seven, yeah, about where Brentford were, and we just didn't give them the ball. We just didn't give them a sniff, and we just absolutely caused them no end of problems. And they didn't play too dissimilarly to the way Brentford play at points. But the way we coped with them was we didn't give them the ball. What we did the other day was we weren't in control of the game at any one point, and I have no idea how many passes we completed in that game against Brentford. But I tell you what, it was nowhere near a thousand. You'd be lucky if it was half that. And that's and that is the difference. So are we playing differently because Klopp's decided that he wants to go down a different route? And was this a Thiago slower, slowing the game down at points, um, trying to draw teams onto him, hoping to nick a bit of space to play a lovely little through ball? Is it something that he's chose to do? Or is it something he's done through circumstance? And players wanting to leave and players not agreeing contracts. That's that's the unknown. That's yeah. the unknown. But for me, certainly, we are not 
at that level. Now, I know a lot of teams know how to play us now, and I know a lot of teams were probably the most analysed team in the world. Um, it doesn't help that our, our assistant manager wrote a bloody book on it, but we won't go into that. But honestly, I think we've been overanalyzed. I was at the game against Leicester, as you boys know, and I was watching the way, even the way we used to warm up used to be different to a lot of other teams. Leicester warmed up exactly the same way we did, did exactly the same drills, exactly the same point. Um, teams have copied us and teams have beaten us at our own oh, game. Yeah, and yeah. and think Klopp, Klopp's probably found, tried to find a different way. And I don't think it's worked because the high energy, high press football is the in thing to do. Teams are playing 4 3 3 now, Scott. Yeah. When we started playing 4 3 3, nobody else was doing it. Nobody else was doing it. And we, the thing and is, ever- we can't cope with a team playing 4 3 3. We've said it before. They're, they're doing a Liverpool on us. They they're are. outrunning they us. Are. They've got they more are. energy than us. And now it's working because these players are 22 to 23, 24, 25. Exactly. Against our 31, 32 year olds. Um, I don't want to cut you off, Trav, but. Yeah, go on. When you said about Klopp's model and Odegaard maybe doesn't necessarily fit Klopp's model. We, to me, you could say the same about Thiago then. Because Thiago, in that quarterback position on the left-hand side, I'm mm. even, not even Odegaard, I'm watching Arsenal last night and watching Xhaka bursting into the box and being a threat. And I'm, I'm yeah. jealous I haven't got Xhaka. That's how bad it's got. Now, you don't yeah. see Thiago bursting into the box. He just hasn't got that energy. So you could almost say Thiago is not, he's, he's nowhere near the effect that Gini Wanyaldum had. I'm not. No. I'm not discussing who's who's the better footballer, Thiago. Is no, 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 yeah. But he is. He's as Jamie Carragher said, which I said on my little six-minute video the other night. Thiago is a luxury that when everything's mm. clicking right and like you say with the right two players around him, of course he would be effective. He'd be mad. I was scathing of Spain not taking him to the World Cup, but yeah. when it's not going right, Thiago is just. I need more from him. I need more energy, box to box, and he just hasn't got it in him. And that's, I, think, I, I feel bad there because he's been one of our best players. Yeah. I don't want I think to seem the like nail on the head, mate. I think you've hit the nail on the head. And I think the beauty about that discussion and uh, is the main thing is the instructions that you give the players. I mean, take, for example, Xhaka, and I don't want to go into Arsenal too much, but if you think of Xhaka, when he had a different role and he tried to be a little bit of a sitting midfielder with that, without that licence to go and play, he looks a totally different player when he's got a little bit more freedom. Now, the key to that is Thomas Partey. So without party, they were, they were he was asking Xhaka to be a little bit more of a holding player, and it, and it's and it's not as effective. So in Tiago, with Tiago in your case, I think again, if you haven't got the the right players around him, and and you're asking him to do a different role, and as a club, like you said, the question is, are Liverpool trying to play a different way? Because a lot of people have sort of copied your model. Is he trying to do something a little bit outside the box and it's not working at the moment? And it may work in the future, but you, you might have to suffer and go through a little bit of pain until he finds the right formula. Now, that goes back to then the recruitment, doesn't it? Like, not saying the recruitment's right or wrong, but like... To me, I can only think that he is veering away from that model a bit or he's trying to develop it or he's trying to evolve it a little bit. Because, if, again, if you take, for example, Pep Guardiola, when he first came to the league and he finished third in his first season, he didn't necessarily make wholesale changes to the way he wanted to play, but he did have to make tweaks because of the physicality of the league. Now, I think with Klopp, now, like you said, because a lot of people are copying his model, I think he is trying to 
do something a little bit different, especially with the types of recruitment that you make in the Nunes, your Gakpo's, the more physical type players. Uh, they've got running power, don't get me wrong, and, and I think they can fit into that fluidity in terms of that front three. But I can't echo enough. I think personally, you've made a little bit of a boo-boo not getting a midfielder before. I know, I know. Oh, I know. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. know you've got Gakpo and stuff and you had the injury to Diaz, but priorities are priorities and like you said that midfield is just starving I, I I almost feel sorry looking at the likes of Carvalho and Elliot and it's just killing them do you know what I mean because they're, they're being thrown into a team that's like semi-drowning a little bit and it's not really fair on them they don't really deserve any criticism they're just young lads do you know what I mean it's like they, they're coming in and they're trying to stake the claim in the team and I just think you definitely need, I think, a couple of midfielders. One, certainly, and in January would be a huge, huge boost. But I think it's an it's an area that needs addressing massively in the summer. Two to three with Ox going out and maybe one other. Cater's going out. Milner is surely going out. Honestly, please, God, we cannot have Milner starting 20 games a season next season. That nah. would just be ridiculous. But like you say, Klopp's trying to uh, win a Formula One race. I'm not going to say in a mini Metro, but he's trying to win it in a Subaru Impreza Turbo against an F1 car. He's got midfielders, if we're going to class them as that, Elliot and Carvalho signing for five million each. We're scrimping and saving or being tight in the wrong areas. The Gakpo signing is going to... It's going to... Who's signing your deal? Who's as a club? like? Because surely Klopp... It doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that you need a midfielder before a winger. So who's who's authorising that? Like at United, I the managers said that they were authorising the deals, but I I was a little bit split. I thought deep down like somebody else was sort of ruling the roost, and I understand it's the club's money, etc. But Klopp struck me as a man who was in control of everything. Everyone that walked through the door, he authorised to me. That's what I saw. The recruitment's been bang on 90% of the time. You've got most of your signings right. So I just I just don't see how you've ended up with Gapo before midfielder. That just intrigues me. I don't know what your boys' thoughts are on that. The, the recruitment in the main, as we know, has been lauded that, you know, we've got more, hell of a lot more right than wrong. But OB, I've said this in a couple of streams ago. Klopp has Klopp. I'm not saying he might have. I don't want it. I've seen a few um, Liverpool pages slagging Klopp off, and fans are in the comments basically saying Klopp out, and I'm in disbelief. But then what I'm about to say, it kind of makes. Is it Klopp's fault? Like, as I said in the six minute video after Brentford, has he been too nice? Should he have moved on Oxlade Chamberlain when he's worth 20 million, get a bit of resale value? Cater, as soon as he was fit in the summer, that you're just not working out. As soon as you're fit and I've got a 20 million taker in the Bundesliga, see you later. Curtis Jones is always injured. He's still seen as a youth. Milner is getting on now. Henderson's starting to pick up injuries. Has he been too nice? Is he Is he just like, look, you're all like family to me. You'll all still be here when you're 33, 34. And that goes on to Fabinho. Fabinho should leave this summer for 20 million if we're lucky enough to get 20 million from him. Cut our losses. He is falling off a cliff. He'll be done by the time he's 30. He's 29 now. He's, he is. He's, um, he's dropped off form considerably. I think <laughs> it's, it's difficult to say exactly what Klopp has and hasn't decided is happening and what the constraints within the club are because we'd never know that because if we did, it would cause the club no end of problems. 
Um, uh, looking from the outside in, I mean, we talked about a midfielder in 2021, Scott. Oh God, I was yeah. scanning group chats and we were talking about in the summer of 2021, we need to look at a midfielder. Um, I think when we won the league, we didn't really build, I don't think, in the way we possibly should have done. You, you build from a position of strength. Uh, all of the successful teams historically have done that. We've seen teams fall off the edge of a cliff by not doing that as well. And none more so than, obviously, Trav's beloved Man United, which <laughs> fell off a cliff after Fergie left and just didn't build, just didn't get the yeah. right signings in. And, and it just shows how important signings are. Um, I think... <sighs> wow. I, I, I think Kate should go. I think Fabinho should go. I think that Elliot and Carvalho need more time, but they don't. They shouldn't be playing as many games as they're playing. And this they totally should be... be in the front three anyway. I mean, I don't agree oh, with Elliot. As yeah. you know, he's not fast enough. Carvalho might make it in the front three, but we're we'll talking about him in midfield. Yeah, I think Carvalho is probably a better third option as a striker at the moment than Oxley Chamberlain, who I haven't. I, I feel sorry for the lad, but he dropped off a cliff after he. Um, after he picked up that injury in the Champions League uh, semi-final a few years back, he's never been the same player. Um, he burst onto the scene early. He started quite well for us, but he dropped off a cliff. That should have been dealt with a long time ago. There should have been a point where we went, look, this isn't working out. We need to move you on. I'm sure he's on significant wages as well. Um, and I do feel sorry for him in that respect. But ultimately, if it's not working out, he could go and do a job for someone middle of the Premier League or something like that. I think there's there's too many players there who are all right and they're probably Premier League players, but they're not top-end Premier League players. And ultimately, our position is where we, we, we deserve to be at the moment in the league. And I think that's, that's damning. What I would say is it's time to change that. So I've seen a lot of people getting really excited, um, particularly like Arsenal fans, Newcastle fans and the old Man United fan who keeps retweeting that they might be in the, the, the race for the title. Um, yeah, but, come on, name. Very subtle hint there, Obi. Name and shame, Obi. Well, anyone I, anyone I we saw, know? Saw, go on, dig me out. Dig me out, I'm ready. Oh, come on. I saw Trav uh, retweet um, uh, about them being in the title race, which uh, I think it was a bit tongue-in-cheek, but I think, yeah. uh, I think he's getting a little bit excited. Oh, but know. it is it is true. I mean, we're not even halfway through. So what we've what we played seventeen games. So we're not yeah. even halfway through. So I think there's a long way to go. There's a lot of big games for a lot of these clubs. Um, United have got to come to Anfield. Um, Arsenal have got to come to Anfield. Uh, you, you know what I mean? And, it, and it'll be there'll be key games to how our season goes. And if we can get some sort of home form going and maybe start picking up the points away from home, we'll be in the mix. We're only, what are we, seven points off the top four? Yeah, yeah seven points off United and, and Newcastle because we're level with Newcastle. So you're, Yeah, so- and, and, and all we need to do is catch one of them over, over a hell of a lot of games that are left. So I'm not worried yet. I mean, it's 21 games left, just putting that into context. 21 games left, but that's why I say it's not over. We shouldn't write the season off. We need a midfielder. We need a breath of fresh air. Gapco will provide that to a point up front. It'll be refreshing. But we need at least one midfielder of a decent standard to come in and make a difference to us because we cannot afford to not be in that top four. Oh, massive, if, you massive. Shut your, if, you, if you were to, just a quick question, if you two were to shut your eyes now, let's say you're in a transition 
and you, the results aren't going the way you want it to go. But in terms of how the team, how you want the team to evolve, do you think the team is going in the right direction? Take the results out of it. So let's say, for example, you take Arsenal. Even when they didn't finish in the top four, you knew the way the team was moving. And you thought, right, they're going to add a striker. They added Jesus. They added cover at left back because Tierney was getting injured. And they added party and they added a couple of other bits of cover. Saliba came back and you thought, if they go and get a centre-half and a striker, they're going to be very strong next year. So the way your team's moving, so obviously Nunes, Gakpo in, Konate is a young centre-back. And then if you add, let's say, let's say for argument's sake, Bellingham, would you be happy with the recruitment and the way the team is moving? Can you see yourself in the next sort of 18 months being back up there challenging again? I, I could. And i tell you why. Because if you look at when everybody's fit, and it's obviously a big if, when everybody's fit, a team that could potentially have, if we took, say, Bell in a mid midfield, put him into the midfield, yeah. the back four is strong when they're going. I know there's a lot of question marks about Alexander-Arnold and... Um, I wouldn't actually have Canati into our, our first 11 at the moment. I'd have Matip in ahead of him, but he's certainly one for the future. Um, I think if you put Bellingham, Bellingham into our midfield and you have Thiago next to him and then a Henderson, suddenly I think that's functioning. And if you add into the mix, the, the amount of strike power we've got, and all you need is three of them six to fire. And we're talking six top quality players in Gapco, Salah, Nunes, um, Firmino, uh, who else? Jota, yeah, Jota. and and, and a, a bat standard. That is, there's not much weakness in that team. Yeah. No. What about you? How do you feel? No, I'm furious with the development of the team. <laughs> FSG have built too many stands, too many multi-million stands instead of investing in the team. The ground's getting bigger. I still can't get a ticket for love nor money, so it benefits me in no way at all. Us signing one notable midfielder in the last four and a half years is negligent. I don't know if it's Jurgen Klopp not getting rid of the likes of Kate Oxley, Chamberlain, Milner, or it was the owners just saying you've got no money to to replace these players. So obviously, if you're going to get rid of Oxley, Chamberlain for twenty million, and you're eyeing up a midfielder for sixty million, but you ain't got that spare forty million, there's no point in getting rid of Oxley Chamberlain. So Klopp might have been stuck with all these midfielders because there's no resale value, and he's just trying to work as best we can. Like I say, we don't know um, the the truth, and we probably never will. But I'm furious with the development of the team. We've declined. That's on the owners. Watching Arsenal, like you say, we keep mentioning Arsenal like they're the blueprint to success now just because they're top yeah, of the yeah, league. Yeah. Like Liverpool have been the last four, three or four years without yeah, spending but... the money. That's why you talk about the blueprint. Of course, Man City are the, the pinnacle. But no, I'm I'm furious. I'm, I'm angry. And I'm gutted, to be honest. I honestly thought with Jurgen Klopp we were going to be right up the top uh, for a very long time. But... We have to spend. We simply have to spend three hundred and fifty million net, like Arsenal have done in the last three years, or we're going to be seventh or eighth now with Newcastle joining the top four. Simple Scott, as that. Scott, it's still recoverable this season, though. I hope so, mate. I, I hope with, so. You've I think just, with. I think with one buy, you've just boosted my, my spirits the there, Ob, with your little your assessment. Honestly, you've boosted me. So. Let me just get a popcorn. Thank let me just get a, let me yeah. get a popcorn, boy. <laughs> I do, I do, I do believe out. that though. I do believe that though because if yeah. you put if you put Thiago, I mean you right. So we're talking about Bellingham, but if even 
of someone of that ilk, you put him next to a Thiago, you've got a very different midfield immediately. You're revitalizing any other know, player. Obi. I honestly uh, don't know. Thiago's going to be 32 soon. Henderson's 33 soon. So that picture you just sold me, to me, it's Bellingham and another two. Yeah, but all it needs to do is get through to May. They're not. Yeah. They're not going to age four years in six months, unless they're doing a hell of a lot more running. And then, and from what I've seen, they won't be doing a lot of running because they're, they're not running players anymore. So uh, I think, as Trav pointed out it, today, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it is, it's it's about us winning the second ball. It's about us being energetic and putting somebody in and. Uh, I'll use an example here. When Robertson came on for Simicast the other night, now I know he didn't turn the game round, but he took the captain's armband because uh, Van Dijk had gone off at half time. He produced energy, and even from left back, it changed the way the team was. And I think that type of thing is more influential midfield. So if you do that in midfield, you can have a bigger impact on the game than you would say at left back in, in most circumstances. You bring Bellingham in, you've got energy, you've got yeah. pace, you've got skill, you've got ability, you've got positional sense, you've got a guy who will learn so quickly, you've got a natural leader, you've got all of them things at once. That needs to happen in January. And I don't I don't care if they burst the bank and they can't afford to buy another one in the summer. Buy him and when we'll get through the summer and we'll get through next season and then if we need to wait an, uh, more time or raise some funds to buy another midfielder, We'll do one then, but we need Bellingham in this this transfer window. Yeah, look, we've all watched football long enough um, to know that one player can transform a whole team. Not not as in they're doing it all on their own, but look at Suarez in 13-14. He nearly carried us to the title. Look at Van Dijk when he came in. I remember Jamie Carragher once saying, Liverpool are after Van Dijk. He won't solve all their defensive problems. And I remember thinking he will, because it's not just about Van Dijk coming in. It's about Dejan Lovren never having a red shirt on ever again. So you're solving almost two problems. Um, But so, yeah, look, if we sign Bellingham or that lad Enzo Fernandez, which looks dead in the water now, he looks nailed on for Chelsea... Um, but there's other midfielders I'm shocked. Like I'm, Nunes. Shocked. What about? I'm shocked he's going to Chelsea it's, all, it's money I... though isn't it as soon as the money comes it... in personal terms yeah. are agreed London we were probably never in for him and it was just paper talk yeah my big my big question mark is Klopp as well like how how much does he is he behind the rebuild how much does, not that he wants to do it I'm not saying that but like I think modern day management does have a shelf life now. Like I think, sort of Pep Guardiola's been at City must have been seven years. Pep, I think Klopp's coming into his seventh year or maybe his eighth year. Even I'm not, I can't remember. Did he join 2015? So 2015. Yeah, yeah October 2015. Yeah. So his eighth season. He's got to be the longest serving manager in the league, along with Pep. So. Like like I said, from a league perspective, I know Liverpool have won the Champions League under Klopp, which is fantastic, got to a couple of other finals. How much more can he mentally and emotionally keep investing himself into that challenge? Now, that doesn't mean he can't go and win the league again. I don't doubt that he can if he gets the signings that he wants and stuff. But it takes a lot out of you. you I mean, I don't think Pep's going to be at City forever. I can see him being there for another two to three years and I think he'll be thinking about a challenge not because he moves on a lot but like you said it's a long time to be at a football club and I think like I'm not saying you're going to go downhill if he leaves necessarily but I just think naturally if you've been at a club for eight years I think sometimes it's best to just freshen it up maybe like you're right you're right Trav and in the same way that that we 
talked about teams replicating what our clubs are doing and what our players are doing. There's a lot of young managers who are replicating what Klopp and Guardiola do and, how, and, and they've learned from them. A lot of them have either been around these players or studied, uh, been around these managers or studied the managers, yeah. studied everything they do. Um, it's a lot more scientific now. They can get a lot more data. They can speak to people who are within the confines of them club. I mean, Stuart Potter's one as well. He's clearly studied um, the way these managers coach and what they're doing. And there's so many of them that, uh, um, that just spend a lot of time. Um, so, so, I mean, it, it, just, it just shows you that a younger, more energetic manager could have an impact as well. Well, yeah. listen, Jürgen Klopp is the same as any other manager. You'll get your motivation if you've got 100 to 150, 200 million to spend. If we head into the summer with the board saying you've got 25, 30 million net, you've got a sell to buy, like I said at the top of the show, I want him to walk for his own sanity, for his own reputation. Thanks for everything you've done in the last eight years because to me, he doesn't deserve that. We need to put a little bit of debt on the club now even as much as 200 million this summer, like you say, to sign two, ideally three midfielders and get rid of Cater, Oxlade-Chamberlain, probably even Bobby Firmino um, and James Milner. I don't think Bobby Firmino should have his contract. You know when you talk about net spend, what departures, apart from obviously Gini, Mane and Coutinho back then, because I know your, your net spend is impressive, but what other departures do you think have actually sort of stagnated or hurt the progress of the club like you don't you never know do you because you don't know how they would have progressed in the club but we've made bare peas from selling all the Rian Brewsters and uh Dominic Solanke's yeah and you you know you just don't know would Dominic Solanke have made a bigger impact at Liverpool than Divio Carigi did maybe who knows um Mm. but listen we've got the resale value was higher anyway wasn't it so that that's that's what the decision was based on to sell Solanke. It wasn't whether he was a better player. It's just the resale values there and the money into the club, the club and they can regenerate. It just doesn't look like they're doing that unless, and I suppose this is interesting, but unless they're doing it with Elliot and Carvalho and they're looking at whether they could resell, make a profit there and, and regenerate some money that way. Uh, Harry mm. Wilson, remember him? Was he about 15 yeah. million? Um, yeah. You know, we've had loads, loads. That's what's kept this net spend so good. But listen, I don't want to end Liverpool on net spend because Trav will be straight on the group chat after saying that Scott was <laughs> lord in the net spend cup again. So, <laughs> listen, we've just poddied Liverpool. I'm furious. OB's hopeful. Trav's glowing about the demise of Liverpool. So, <laughs> let's let's head on to Man United. Um, I didn't watch it last night, Trav. Did you? I watched Arsenal against Newcastle yeah. and Arsenal were pairing. I said in the group chat, I can take my eyes off Arsenal. I'm jealous of Xhaka, jealous of Odegaard. Uh, I was happy it was nil-nil. But yeah, Man United got a good 3-0 win. And you think that Casemiro is the best thing since sliced bread on the eve of his 31st birthday. OB, remember, Casemiro is 31 soon. And we're saying Henderson and Thiago's finished. And that, it sort of goes back to sort of the roles in the team, though. Like what we're asking Casemiro to do and what you ask Hendo and Wijnaldum to do just two different, totally different roles in the team. Casemiro, is, he's got more than just being a sitting midfielder, but in terms of running around, putting miles in, he's never been that type of midfielder. He, he, can, he does it, but he does it a lot more, not strategically, but 
Like, he'll sit a lot more in games, you know what I mean? He'll do it in front of the back four a lot more, short, short bursts, where Hendo, Wijnaldum, they're setting the press, getting after people, being able to press multiple players at once. Casemiro is not that player. And that's why he will last a lot longer than those, because he's just a different type of player. Um, similar... Yeah, I hope. Yeah, but he's, he reminds me a little bit of Fernandinho, what he was to sit. He just played for years, because he just sat in front of the back line, got it and gave it. Yeah, but Casemiro's what... even getting forward and getting goals. How many got this season? Is. is it two, three? He's got two now. He's got two. He's got two. Yeah, he has got a couple of goals, which is which is great. Like I didn't expect him to score any at all. But now nah, the reason I'm so happy is because, like I said on my voice note, I've had to suffer with Ollie for three years, mate. And you don't understand. Look at his face, Obi. Look at his face. <laughs> I knew like, this. I knew was... this would get straight onto Oli. It's, it's not even a minute yeah. in Man United. Uh, no, no. No. But from your two's perspective, you knew we weren't a serious club with that manager. No matter who we bought, what we did, we were never going to even threaten to look like we were competing. Even though under the other managers we weren't anywhere near the league, you still respected us as a club under like your Mourinho's and stuff like that, and our intention and what we intended to do. I think the intentions back, the ethos is there in terms of that competitive nature of the club. We sort of want to win again. We know it's going to take a process, but we've got somebody in charge who, who competently knows a management role inside out now and is experienced enough to manage the players at that top level. And I think you're seeing that now in terms of the discipline he's instilling, the way he's dealt with the players off the pitch as well. And everybody's buzzing, including the fans like myself. Yes, I'm, I'll admit I'm getting a bit gassed retweeting everything for the sun and stuff. But on a serious note, like we've played in the first half of the season, we had some tough fixtures. I think we played Liverpool, Spurs, and Arsenal in like the first six and we won a couple of those games I think no we won all of those games and then since the City game which was I think it was early was it early October it was 15 games ago anyway we've not lost since then so we've responded really well to that City hammering it was a hammering and that showed the golf golf between the two teams um, at that time but I think this next fixture in the league against City at home it is perfectly poised and I think it's going to sort of lay down a marker as to where we're at where we're at, and the progress we've sort of made and I think it's going to be a little bit of an eye-opener we could get slapped again and it could bring us back down to earth and everyone will be laughing at me which is which <laughs> God, yeah. oh, do, you, do, do you think you win the game Trav? Um, I think we've got a chance but deep down I don't know. Not if City are on the game. Do you know what I mean? I think City can take anybody apart. But we've got a chance. I've seen stranger things happen in football. You know what I mean? Derby day, early kickoff. It might just suit us a little bit. Catch them cold. It'll be after like FA Cup week and stuff like that. They will have an EFL Cup tie. Depends how much they want to win that game as well. We play our quarter final on the Tuesday against Charlton, which means we can rest everyone before the Saturday. Hopefully they play on Wednesday and they play a few more of their bigger, bigger players, so they're less fresh than us. But it's going to be a great game. I'm really looking forward to it for once, because I don't normally look forward to these games because I just think we're just going to get slapped all the time. But I think going into this game, there's going to be a buzz around the stadium. Again, we're at home. We've won our last seven at home. Um, I think we've only conceded one goal in that time as well. And yes, you have to take the opposition into account. But if you look at all the other big teams against like your Forests and your Wolves and stuff, they're dropping points against them. Chelsea dropped points against, at home to Forest. You lost to Forest when you played them. Um, Tottenham haven't won since the since the return of the World Cup. They lost to Villa. They play again tonight, so I, I'm not sure what their score is at the minute. 
But yeah, we've just kept on winning and we're ticking along nicely. So I have got excited. Realistically, I shouldn't get excited as I'm getting, but I'm happy with the direction we're going. I really am. Listen, we've only, been... we only got on to Man United for one thing, Obi, and I'll let you ask if if Man United <laughs> are in a tight race. Let's, 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 we just want to get it on video, Trav. Come on. Come on, tell us. Are you in a title race? Are you capable of winning the league? And do you think you're going to win the league, Trav? No. I don't think we're going to win the league. <laughs> but that's me being honest. I don't think we're going to win the league, no. Um, what I'm surprised about is how many goals we're actually scoring from other areas besides Rashford, because I know we desperately need a striker. So it was nice to see Shaw score, nice to see Casemiro score. I know Rashford scored the game before that. But we've actually got goals from other areas in the team which we sort of needed to supplement that blow of needing a striker so much. Ultimately, that's what I think will cost us. In the bigger games, um, Although we're defending well, I just think sometimes we'll we'll probably draw where we. Sh I've seen it where we should be putting teams away, and we've not done that. And and a lot of those games will turn into one each, as I can just see it now against the better opposition. You know, like when you're playing like your Fulhams and your stuff like that, and they just nick and equalise, and you kick yourself, and you're like, you should have won that game. City normally win them games. Do you know what I mean? They put them teams away normally. You, when you're in your pump, you just blast teams away. And I think we're just that step away from doing that. Um, defensively, I'm really impressed with our strongest back line. I know Maguire and Lindelof came in last night, but I'd have to put that down to sort of the opposition being very limited in terms of what threat they compose. But I think in the summer, if we can get a top striker, get some cover at centre-half, and another top midfielder to go alongside Casemiro to supplement Ericsson's age, then I think we can be dangerous going forward. I really do. Uh, so it's Man City the next league game for you guys, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. week on Saturday. So we won't, look, we won't get into it too much because um, we'll be doing a review before that weekend's games. Um, are you in for anyone in January, Trav? Um, we have been linked with a striker. We've been linked with a few names. We've been linked with a youngster from Dortmund. We've also been linked with Jao Felix. That name won't go away. Mm. Um, and who was the other one I saw? He's linked today? with like, Arsenal as well, isn't he? Yeah, he's linked with Arsenal as well. Yeah, uh, we've linked, we've been softly linked with Memphis Depay, a return for the pie um, as well. Which yeah, which is very surprising. I know Barcelona were trying to get him off the books in, in the summer, along with De Jong as well, to try and balance their books because I know they're in a lot of financial financial trouble. But you're going to bring Schweinsteiger and Di Maria back as well. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I heard. Got... I heard Jemba Jemba wants a contract <laughs> as well. I don't. I don't think. What I'm pleased about is that I don't think we'll move desperately. It all depends whether the club genuinely think they can win the league. I don't. I, don't, I think deep down they don't think they can win it. And I think we'll just prioritise getting into the top four. It might sound bad as a fan. Fans might say, oh, don't you want to win the title and stuff like that? But we've got to be realistic. We're in a process. We're trying to rebuild. I'm not saying we shouldn't go for the league, but I don't think we can win it. I think if we can't get the striker, we definitely won't long term. I wouldn't just rush and get anyone. I would wait to the summer. I think we've got enough to get into the top four with what we've got. And then we can go big again in the summer and spend another what whatever it takes to get the team moving in the right direction. Hopefully, it's 
it doesn't matter what it is as long as we get the right players. I don't care what we sort of spend. I'm not one of those people who's like, we have to spend 200 million. If it's 100 million and we get the right players, I'm happy. It doesn't really bother me. You don't need to so worry think... about spending when you're spending 200 million net, does he, Obi? Yeah, no, he doesn't, no. And I suppose <laughs> the question is, ultimately, if you spend that again in the summer, I assume that you think you're going to win the league next year. No, stop <laughs> Right, we're going to end it there because my dinner's ready, lads. <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant. Listen, lads, cheers for your time. Um, if anyone's made it this far, don't forget to like and subscribe. It means the world to us. We're building uh, slowly but surely. And um, we'll be bringing back more of these videos. Trav, OB, ace. Brilliant. Congratulations, Trav. You've won the league in January. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, OB, you have convinced me we're going to finish top four with your rallying cry earlier. So thank you for that. I feel a lot better. Um, so yeah join us on the next video cheers guys